now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health, fitness, and performance related. When something is in its prime, it is at its best. This includes us as humans. Are you ready to take on the world? Then join us on this journey to live life in your prime. And welcome back to the Prime Podcast. I think this is episode 20. We made it to 20 episodes. And recently I released, we had over a thousand listens, which is pretty cool. Um, and we're continue, continue to keep this thing going and keep it climbing. And hopefully you're paying attention here and you're tuning in. Uh, we have another special guest today, someone new to the Prime Pod, Sam Getman. She is one of our coaches at Prime Movement and Performance. Kind of been a long journey, Sam, with us. She started way back in the day. And CrossFit Utica, I don't even know why she started, but we're going to talk about it <laughs> back in the day. I'm going to find out because I actually don't know. It'll be a fun story. Uh, and talk about her journey through that. She left for a little bit, went to Albany, and then came back. And now she's one of our one of our senior coaches and doing a great job. And welcome, Sam. Oh, wait, before we, Sam goes in, Tori's here too. Hi. Tori's always here. <laughs> Tori's been the, our co-host. It's and, like number three. Yeah, number three. And she's loving it, every minute of it. Don't let her... her her, uh, you would never know. Yeah, her stoicism fool you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so Sam, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And let's hear it. Let's uh, let's go back to middle school, high school. Let's see, where were you? Where were you? Grew up in the area. I played soccer and lacrosse. Totally lo- like fell in love with the sports since day one. I actually used to play softball back in the day. I was a pitcher. And then my ninth grade year of high school, we had... A, a lacrosse program starting so I was like okay that sounds more fun and just fell in love with the game been playing ever since so I played throughout high school college after college I got more involved with youth programs um, and had a few opportunities to coach at Mohawk Valley and I went back to Whitesboro to coach for a few years as well I had an opportunity in Albany that arose uh, I worked in insurance for a while so um, five years ago I moved out there I lived out there for two years I missed the whole environment here a lot. So I moved back to the area and then I currently coach at Mohawk Valley Community College, women's soccer, and I coach lacrosse at New Hartford, their varsity program. Nice. Um, Take me back to high school softball. High school softball. I I played in like when we had like our, I don't even know when I started playing, like when I was in second grade. Um, Playing softball in second grade. Yeah, I was young. I did too. It wasn't like, t- yeah, it must have been softball. Yeah, because I did never played lasers? t-ball. I threw lasers, yeah. So 7th, <laughs> 8th grade, I was on JV. <laughs> it was fun, but it was just boring. Like, I, I like contact. I like aggressive. It's not dynamic. No. Um, and, it, and it was good. I um, dropped a few bombs back in the day. But it was like, I don't know, I just wanted a little bit more. So I'm, I'm trying to think back when, when we first met was back in CrossFit Utica days mm-hmm. um, in our small little garage. What? Do you remember what was the the first your avenue into into joining the gym initially? Like what got you involved? Back in the day, I used to work at Accelerate Sports, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of soccer programs going on there. I and mean, I met Colin Leroux, who used to coach at CrossFit Utica. Right. We were in the process of trying to figure out our programs at Accelerate, what we wanted to have in there. Colin came in, just knowing him from like a soccer guy in the area introduced me to you, CrossFit Utica, mm-hmm. and said I should check it out. Um, so I went there. 
I remember the day. I remember, like, the workout. Um, I remember pulling up, and I saw Coop and Jocelyn working out, and I'm like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? But, and then that's when I met you as well, and you put me through this awful workout that I just fell in love with. You and the workout? It was running. I want to say push-ups, and I don't remember what else was in it, yeah, but I just remember it like you were like, oh, this I remember, is gonna be hard. Yeah, then. and then I do it, and I'm like, oh yeah. boy. We just talked about that with Tyler in the other one because <laughs> Tyler's first workout, we did something very similar. It was like it running, was push-ups, and something really yeah. simple in theory. Yeah, yeah. So. And I was gassed. I'm like, all right, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> Sold. Well, yeah. So uh, that's when we we were doing like more traditional CrossFit type stuff, and then Sam left. Mm-hmm. When she was in Albany, she was doing more powerlifting stuff, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Powerlifting. <clears throat> I would still do, um, I would try to do CrossFit-style workouts, but I really miss the environment. The gym that I went to was more of like a <clears throat> iron, like, commercial gym, powerlifting gym. We didn't have, like, the women's bars, all metal plates, iron plates. Um, it was a lot different than, and then, than what I do now. And then change of course, right, mm-hmm. move back to the area. And, you know, you, you rejoin the gym. And then what was the idea or the motivation behind becoming a coach? People, helping people reach their goals. Yeah. I love being in this environment and working with athletes. And I nev- I've always worked with athletes, but now to work with people who have a mindset on a certain goal and mm-hmm. want to achieve something. And anything I could do to help them get there is is beyond rewarding. and. And I and I like to, I like to see that and in, in in here and with the, our athletes and everything. I know for myself too. I had a lot of injuries back in the day, so I, I like to kind of. I know wh- what I had to do to get through it, and if helping anyone else get there is kind of. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of do. physical therapists that I know all became physical therapists because they were injured at some point, and like people who become trainers and things like that who can help other mm-hmm. people. Because of the, the situations that they went through in their own their own Yeah. Life. Cool. Tori, you're up. I got the questions. Tori's got some questions. You don't need background on me. All about eating, fasting, diet trends, all that stuff. So let's start with under eating, the harms in it, involved mm-hmm. with it, and the misconception that it can help you lose weight or you lose weight faster, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So under eating, uh, I know we're going we're gonna to probably dive into a few of these <laughs> topics in a little bit more depth. Because as coaches, I know Sam has come to me recently about this. A lot of people will ask, like in the middle of a session or right after a session, or right before a session, you know, like, what do you eat? How do you do this? Like, why do you look a certain way? Blah, 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 blah. And it's very hard for us to answer those questions in like that setting mm-hmm. um, right before or right after a class, five minutes in the middle of class. We want to talk, you know, about nutrition. Like these are great times right now for us to have a conversation through the podcast or setting up a time specifically to talk to you about some of the things that you're doing and under eating seems to come up quite frequently because a lot of people who are trying to make changes to their body composition, you know, and and maybe lose some body fat and lose some weight, so to speak. uh, It turns into this, you know, I, I need to starve myself or I need to eat very little to achieve my goals. The unfortunate side effect is a lot of people find that after like six weeks, like, hey, I'm barely even eating and I'm actually gaining weight. Like what's happening? Or I'm not losing weight. Why is this happening? And the big thing is 
is why it's happening is because your body is adapting and allowing itself to maintain your, you know, its levels of whatever it is off of this lower calorie consumption. So your body's looking at it in terms of like, hey, if I'm, let's say if I needed, if we had you sit up on the scale and you, we have an in-body in the gym, which gives you a readout of like your basal metabolic rate, which is how many calories your body needs to survive at rest. So if you were to lay on the couch all day and let's say the in-body says you need 1,500 calories, okay? That's with the, all of your muscle and all of your stuff that you have. So if you're only eating 1,000 calories, so your body is then going to adapt itself to only need 1,000 calories. That might be getting rid of some muscle. That might be getting rid of certain things and allowing it to only need 1,000 calories to survive. So when we're looking at that, your body, you might be actually changing your body composition in the flip side of what you don't want. Does that make sense? Very much. In turn, when we do eat less, we also, with those different things that change and happen, we also mess, can potentially mess up some hormonal stuff that happens. And then when hormones change and different things go in these ebb and flows, it also can you know, negatively affect our mood, our sleep, skin, all that type of stuff. Hair, all that. I've seen, like, recently on, like, whatever social media platform, TikTok, Instagram, like, a lot of athletes, whether it's, like, college or high school, post a lot about them partaking calorie deficits at different parts of the year. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? So, a calorie deficit would be different than under eating excessively. So, you need, in order to lose weight, you have to be in in some sort of calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about a calorie deficit, we may only be talking, like, 10%. So let's say if we would go back to the in-body example, if it says you need 1,500 calories, a 10% of that is 150 calories less, right? So I'm not at 500 calories less. I'm not, you know, that would almost be, you're like, you're starving yourself. Mm -hmm. So in order to lose some weight, you do have to be in some sort of calorie deficit. You know, you have to be burning more calories than you're consuming to an extent, but you're doing it at a marginal level, not at an extreme level, which would be like under eating, like excessively under eating would be, in that like more excessive range okay yeah, i saw like a f- that that uh college basketball player that got kind of recognition for the weight room oh, differences the Oregon girl? Yeah. yeah i feel like i saw it uh, once i scrolled on her page a little bit maybe it was somebody different but to my knowledge that was who it was yeah okay moving on to intermittent fasting i've never done it you guys do it a lot if my body's hungry at 9 a.m i'm gonna eat at 9 a.m mm-hmm. not gonna wait till 12 it's not gonna happen because Tori, uh, Tori doesn't eat at 9 a.m. Because it's 12, it's 1 o'clock right now, and she sounds like she just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my voice never changes. She's just, got that. Like, it vibrates, so doesn't it? Uh, I think it vibrates. Be like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten yet, so that's like. Uh-oh. He's um, intermittent fasting today. I'm just not hungry. <laughs> what is it? What are the benefits? What are the harms? Why do you guys do it? How do you do it? So we did a challenge... It was the beginning of COVID. Beginning of COVID, I think. And we yeah. did an intermittent fasting challenge, which was my first exposure to it. Was it yours too? Mine too. And since then, I haven't stopped necessarily. On the weekends, I, I will fluctuate a little bit because I, that's the only time I eat breakfast with my family. Um, so on like Sunday mornings, like we'll eat breakfast. That's be the day that I don't really do my traditional intermittent fasting. Essentially, you take a window of time and that's when you eat all of your meals. And that the idea is, is... When you do fasting, you're, like we talked about before, your body takes like 12 to 16 hours to digest your food. So if you stop, let's say it's 6 at night, by 6 in the morning or by, you know, whatever, 
that's when you've kind of run through all of the food that you've eaten previously. And it also, like we talked about before, hormones, it regulates some hormones that allows things to kind of go through your system appropriately and all that jazz. And it allows you for muscle mass, like I would, what is your body composition like compared comparatively since you've been doing intermittent fasting compared to beforehand? Better? Better. 100% yeah. better. Mine too, right? So the idea, like they, there's some research that talk about muscle development. <laughs> and if you wait, let's say if you, you're doing certain things all day and then you exercise and then you eat right after you exercise as part of your like intermittent fasting program or process, like the, the muscle, the body composition changes are, are pretty good. And you get really strong and you get mm-hmm. your leanness and all that kind of stuff. Sam, I'm going to have Sam break it down a little bit, like what she does exactly, because she just changed even, and she goes even on tighter schedule recently. Mm-hmm. But let's talk us through not only like your time, don't, not necessarily the times, but like what are you eating in that window and how does your schedule look like while you're eating? Is it, you yeah. know, are you grazing throughout the day? <clears throat> are you eating big meals? Like what does that look like? I eat like two, I only eat two big meals and maybe a snack in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started with the eight hours, like the challenge. I went down to six. I was doing like, two to like eight o'clock mm-hmm. was my eating window. And this past week I actually changed it to 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. So just a small three hour Wild. window. Yeah. And I feel really good right now. Yeah. And I know it's only the first week, but I already like feel and see a, a change. But so my my day, I normally work. So I'll wake up. I'll usually come to the gym. Uh, I have training. I'll work out. And then that brings me to like one, two o'clock. This week was a little different, so I had to like wait a little while after I worked out. But for the most part, like I have a lot of questions like how do you work out on an empty stomach or is it hard for you to wait that long? But you just after a couple of weeks, like training your body and and just getting used to that, like my workouts haven't changed. I haven't really lost any strength or anything since doing that. If anything, I, I, I'm getting better. Um, I'm getting stronger um, and I'm more... I'm more disciplined with what I'm eating as well. And it's like a mindset to like you, you, um, it's like, you gotta, you gotta want it. Like if you want to get better at something, you just gotta want it. And this has helped me a hundred percent with what I eat, when I eat my meal sizes. And like I said, just being more disciplined. Now, I know we talked off air a little bit. You were like, I don't really track exactly how much I eat, but Mm -hmm. give us like an example. Sam made me breakfast. Was it Thursday? Uh, Thursday, Thursday Wednesday, was. Thursday. Yeah, one of those days. Yeah. I didn't bring food, and I texted Sam. I was like, hey, can you bring me breakfast? And she brought me breakfast, and what was in that breakfast? It was, like, you told me what was in it. Yeah, so I had a, gra- um, a handful of ground beef, a handful of uh, turkey sausage, eight egg, ten eggs total, a bunch of spinach, and tomato. Yeah. And that made two and a half meals. So it made both of ours, and then I had the rest as dinner. As well. As like a um, side? As like a side. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not having that for yeah. <laughs> No. But, but it was a pretty hearty, yeah. hearty portion for for me. I mean, it was similar to what, so thinking about, you know, and we didn't, there's nothing in there. And I think this is what we're going to kind of bring it through. Um, and when we're doing these intermittent fastings or when you're doing any sort of tracking or macros or whatever it is, the idea is still to only eat high quality foods and mm-hmm. like real foods like Sam Cook. Like, what'd you have? Do you know what you had for dinner on that particular day? Um, yeah, I had this sounds weird, but like, I ate the eggs cold in a salad, <laughs> like, I, as and I put like more spinach in it and chicken. 
and some more vegetables. No, and, oh, you had chicken, you said. And chicken, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the eggs. And, and, the, and, the eggs. and I ate it as like a salad. Nice. But yeah, that's like my, for the most part, or I'll do like some kind of bowl with vegetables. Um, and I, I usually always have a, I'll always have a meat, mm-hmm. um, protein shake. Yeah, protein shake also? Mm-hmm. Usually. Usually. On top of like your dinner? It or depends like on how I feel. Sometimes it'll be earlier it, with like my breakfast or my lunch or whatever, my first meal, mm-hmm. or I'll be in the evening. Okay. Nice. And, and what, why, why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, recently we've had a couple of people come in and, and have, have tracked macros before, have done things in the past. And, you know, they talk about things fitting into your macros. And while a glass of wine or French fries or a uh, candy bar might fit into your macros, it doesn't mean it's the best choice in terms of trying to get you because not all food is created equal right not all calories are created equal mm-hmm. so if i'm having all these calories and these carbs let's say if i'm having like a candy bar like those carbs are not the same as like a carb from a potato or a carb from a fruit or a carb from you know these mm-hmm. different things so we want to make sure that we are eating still even if we are intermittent fasting in shorter windows and even if we are counting macros and different things like that that we're still using in providing our bodies with whole nutrient dense foods and staying away from like that highly processed like mm-hmm. foods. Because even if I ate, I can eat a bar right now that'll have 300 calories and hit my macros, but I'll, I can eat probably 10 of those and still be hungry. You know, it's kind of like a bowl of cereal. A bowl of cereal might have like all these things in it, but I can eat like a whole box of cereal and still be hungry mm-hmm. because it's not really, an, it's, it's very small in terms of it's how much space it takes up in my stomach. And then it has a lot of calories, so it doesn't really give me a lot of the benefit that a whole, like, quality food meal would. Mm-hmm. You guys are, like, drinking coffee and water before the window, right? Can you drink other things? Like, well, anything I do take pre-workout. I just started taking pre-workout, too. But it doesn't have any calories, does it? I didn't look at. So, I mean, I don't, I've not really been drinking coffee. It's been, I think... Part of it is because I like my, I usually like my coffee with milk and sugar. And I think the sugar was kind of messing with me before I ate anything. Cause having only like a sugar, like a little bit of sugar in my system was kind of like messing me up a little bit. So I actually switched to only drinking like energy drinks because they don't have yeah. the sugars in them and they make me feel better. <laughs> I drink water and like an energy drink throughout the day. That like caffeine on an empty stomach doesn't mess you up. Cause it's, I would, I said, I thought it was the caffeine at first, but it's just coffee. The energy drinks have just as much caffeine. Yeah. It's not the energy. It's not the caffeine. It's the, it's the sugar. I think it's because when your body is, is so empty and the simple sugars that you get from, you know, like a coffee with sugar or something like that, your, your insulin spikes. And then you get that kind of like shaky, weird feeling from your insulin spiking. Because, again, insulin is a hormone, right, trying to take the blood sugar out of your, your system. So then if you're doing that and spiking it and your body's not like, getting anything else with it you're not exercising or do it using it it kind of messes things up a little bit caffeine's not my friend so i don't know <laughs> any less oh. <laughs> i can't do it. i can't do any type of caffeine anymore i don't know the other like two sundays ago i had it and i had such did a did you have it on an empty stomach yeah i got super lightheaded i was like no nah, it's over for me you gotta do it with food yeah <clears throat> i know any last words on intermittent fasting or should we move on to kind of the diet fads and trends? And um, I mean, if you haven't, so I think a lot of this, I think we talked about this in a different context and different things like Dottori before this was talking about different things that we haven't touched upon, but you're, everything is like N of one, right? So you are your own experiment. So 
if you want to try something, try it, right? What I, I've been a vegan, right? I've done pa strict paleo. I'm doing intermittent fasting. I've done all these different things. And you don't know what's going to work best for you until you try it. So yeah. that's the most important thing. So if you've never tried it, and not only just tried it, but like given it time. enough time to run the course and actually see benefits from it or mm -hmm. not benefits, like so you can know yeah. if you want to do an elimination diet and you don't know. We had did a, one of the funniest stories is that we did a challenge a long, long time ago, nutrition challenge. And we cut out dairy and sugar and a lot of people participated. And then some people found out after the challenge that they were lactose intolerant. They didn't know it their whole life. Mm -hmm. And they took it out of their diet for six weeks and they went back and tried to eat something. And they had, you know, like a crazy reaction. Um, so you don't know these things until you try them and you try them consistently for a little bit because then you can know like what works best for you. Everybody, yeah, everyone's different. Yeah, everybody's body is a little bit different, which is why I think when Jamie was on, who's a nutrition coach, my buddy Jamie Free, number 27 Health and Wellness, who was on a couple weeks ago, he talked about a lot of people who, let's say I'm fit, right? I am look healthy, <laughs> I look athletic, and I gave you my diet and I put it out in the public and I just gave it to everybody. It wouldn't work for everybody. Like that, what I do would not work for everybody. It's like what Sam does wouldn't work for everybody. So it's important to know that like if you want an individualized thing towards you, you'd have to kind of figure that out for you. And yes, you can use certain things as a template, as a guide initially, but then over time you have to tweak things that work best for you. And that's based off of feeling. And I always tell staff members and different things like that, you know, people don't know. A lot of us, you know, in the general industry or general population or however you want to call it, a lot of us don't know how good we can feel because we felt so crappy for so long. Mm -hmm. And we've never actually spent the time taking care of ourselves. So we don't even know what it feels like to feel good. So if we don't spend the time to actually try to feel good, we don't know how good we can actually feel. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did the, what was it? The carnivore I did. diet? Oh, for like I, a week. I wouldn't I recommend know, it. <laughs> I just want to know your feelings on that and how it went because I was very stunned with that one. So carnivore diet, I only ate meat. Um, and I wanted to do it for an elimination diet because something was messing up my stomach and I just wasn't feeling good. And it was oatmeal. It was, I'm pretty sure it was oatmeal. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I don't eat oatmeal anymore. I used to a lot more. But the carnivore diet, I did it for strict for two about two weeks and it really messed up my hormones. And I just, I felt like crap. After, what um, did you so eat? Never, meat. Like a, like <laughs> um, meat. She had a whole chicken one day, a whole chicken. What was yeah, like? <laughs> a whole chicken at the, from, no. from Hannaford. Were you intermittent fasting on top of that? Yeah. So what but was your was day like? like? Hour, um, like, what did you eat? A bowl of meat for breakfast. <laughs> like, what kinds, though? Like, um, cereal? I, all like, different, yeah. Like I actually have some pictures I can show you later. Oh but, Lord. Uh, yeah, like, I would be ground beef, chicken, um, any anything, really. Steak. I ate a lot of steak. Could you season things or I did? I just was oh, salt okay. pepper. Oh, yeah. okay. it wasn't. It, it wasn't. You, yeah, you couldn't. It wasn't. You can season things. Uh, I don't know if that was off yeah. limits too. You shouldn't. I think there was like no carbs. In it. You couldn't do any like any with sugar. Yeah, there's um, and there's some that like eggs and stuff too. But I would just try to stick with the, the meat. But yeah, it didn't last Crazy. long. I didn't like it. Yeah. But what, side note, with the intermittent fasting too, I did up my protein. So I am tr doing, bot my body weight and protein. I'm trying to meet that goal. But as for like tracking calories and everything like that, Why I do. Why do you look at me like that? <laughs> Your body weight and protein. That's usually what they say. Like protein. a lot of people do say that as a recommend. If you're really active, they say that as a recommendation. <laughs> well, 
Wait but usually minute. we start folks with like their lean body mass and protein. So, I mean, for, for some folks that would, it's, it, I mean, depending on how lean you are, right? It's Can you give me an example, like numbers here? Well, she's like 165, right? Oh, you're eating, hold on. How much do you weigh? I weigh 159. 159. 160. 160. Sorry. Okay. So she weighs 160. So she's eating 160 grams of protein a day. Okay. Well, listen, I'm not that smart. So I was thinking pounds for a second. I got really concerned. 160 pounds of yeah, protein? Yeah. I was <laughs> so <laughs> concerned. No. I wanted to know that's like, where that's the. That's like 10 pounds of protein. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know where the difference was. Okay. That makes more sense. But one thing that's <laughs> interesting um, is I, I did want to talk about the oatmeal thing. Because as we, also as we age, because Sam, you know, she her body is also changing because she's getting into like full adult mode. How old are you now? Like 28, 27? 28, pushing 30. <laughs> right. Full adult mode, right? So your body changes and the things that your body needs are different, right? So you don't like people as we age, like the, for some reason, like the carb thing goes down quite a bit as we age. So you might find that even after, let's say, if something that worked at 25 may not work at 35. Mm-hmm. And something that works at 35 may not work at 45 and so on and so forth. So you always have to continue to be reflective on those things because I found that, like, sweet potatoes mess with me a ton. Interesting. Like you I, used to eat that. Like, yeah, you I used, used to, to put them, them in your lot. breakfast all the time. I used to eat sweet potatoes a lot. And then when I was strict paleo and then, you know, you know, 10 years ago, everyone was like, sweet potatoes, are the only, you, you can't eat white potatoes. Sweet potatoes are way better for you and white potatoes are bad for you. And then that's been debunked also. They're the same. And actually, certain things like white rice is oh, actually white kind of, and brown kind of rice. better for yeah. you than brown rice. Brown rice has so much phytic acid that actually can mess with your stomach, which is why yeah, oatmeal can. does that too. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things that are in there that you, you over the years you learn about. Like, I can eat white potatoes all day. I eat a sweet potato. <laughs> nope. Nope. No good. There's something in it, some micronutrient in it that messes with my stomach. Just like oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Oatmeal's not, it doesn't sit well. Like, it just, I don't know, if you ever cook oatmeal in a, in a pot, it just sticks on there forever. Forever to cook it. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why I don't cook it. It takes too long to clean. I've never made it in a pot. No? I always used to do the packets, and I would mess those up miserably. Well, the so. packets have so much sugar in them. I just I, take I'm boiling not. water and pour it in the oatmeal. I used to do that, too, but then well, it's, well, it's interesting. I, I can lazy. eat cold. I can eat oatmeal cold. Co- oatmeal like cold's good. uncooked. And peanut butter. Yeah, like I could do yeah. that. Like eat it like cereal. Yeah. With like some fresh berries and, and peanut butter on it, like you said. Yeah. But I can't do it like heated oatmeal. Oh, okay. I used to do. Um, I used to put protein powder in it too. Yeah, a lot of and that would. Um, oh, it's good. It's a texture okay. thing for me. I wish me. I could take a picture of Troy. I wish we were filming. <laughs> 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 we'll get, we'll we made a lot our, of faces. That's today. our next. I know. Thing. We gotta get this all up on the YouTube. On the YouTube. That would be interesting. Moving on, I guess, or we could dabble in all of them as we go. But overtraining, you wanted to talk about what is it? When to know when to do more? Yeah. And I think this comes up as a part in conjunction with under eating, right? So I think a lot of folks I've seen, even people in our, our gym, they will come here, do a, a pretty intense training session, and then either go home and run or go to another gym and go on a treadmill or a bike for another hour or two. And what ends up happening is, you know, there's no real, there's no real science that says that that's going to help you reach your goals any faster. There is some science that says like doing double sessions if you're, let's say if you are a high level athlete and you're trying to make certain progress, but that would be like something in the morning and then something in the afternoon, but not, you know, right away. Because again, after about an hour, you know, that's if we're, if we're not counting the warm up, maybe an hour and 15. So if you say you had a 15 minute warm up, then an hour of pretty intense training, 
after that, your cortisol levels, which are your stress hormones, begin to rise. And everything after that point is voided, essentially. It's being more detrimental than helpful. When you start doing that, yes, if you take, as a, there's been research that shows a minimum of one hour of break, like completely stopped and like go take a break and do some other things, then come back to your training, you would see be, your, the cortisol levels would level off. The, to go immediately into more intense training for longer periods of time isn't going to really make any uh, benefit and actually can be detrimental. And we've seen athletes here run into issues where they do that and they're training a ton. They end up with, you know, again, hormonal stuff, bone breakdowns, you get stress fractures, you get back pain, you get all these different things that end up turning out into that and you end up just injured. And then you got to not do anything for three months until you let your body heal. Stubborn. Yeah, I think it's some of it's mm -hmm. not, I don't know if it's stubbornness, but the idea that if some is good, more is better, which is more. So it's a lot of mental. Yeah, I think it's more mental. And I think people are trying to also to go to exercise hand in hand with food. I think people do extra because they feel guilty about eating something or they want to give themselves free reign to eat something later. Yeah. Yeah. So I can go and, and I can go burn another 200 calories on the treadmill later, which I can then eat a slice of that slice of cheesecake later. You know what I mean? So people have that. It's, a, it's that mental battle between, you know, how many, and we talked about this before, like we, we really overvalue or overestimate how many calories exercise burns and then we undervalue or underestimate how much we eat. I've definitely heard that one before. Because we talked about it last time. Well, yeah, I just mean like <laughs> other people like saying like, oh, I'm going to go burn like 150 oh, yeah, calories oh, so, yeah. you know, I can go eat whatever. Mm -hmm. right. As if that makes sense. To them it does. That's all I have. Really? Unless somebody, that's, unless somebody else got something. Yeah, I always have something to talk about. Let's hear it then. On the fly. <laughs> Pick something. On the fly. Yeah, and I, I just think, you know, if we're talking about different topics of, you know, training and nutrition and all, all of this stuff goes hand in hand right yeah. so if we're looking at like an idea if we're looking at a hierarchy of an athlete or just a general fitness enthusiast or just somebody who's trying to get into a better place with their body composition with how they feel and certain things like that i think we talked about this a long time ago and victoria we talked about it before is like your sleep and your nutrition toy i think asked about what would be the most important thing or the thing to do first it would be sleep mm -hmm. the second thing we talked about kind of like last week on vacation would be nutrition Right. Nutrition exercise is exercise is probably out of all of those. If we're trying to make a body composition change, right. If we're trying to change how our body looks, the exercise part of it is going to be probably one of the, I'm not going to say the least important, but it's going to be like third or fourth down the list, right. Sleep and nutrition. And, and then those sorts, sorts of things are going to play, start playing a role in exercise. Exercise is great for how we want to feel which feeling can make you look better also, because if you feel better, you look better, right? Theoretically. So like if we want to really tackle into those certain things, we have to figure out like what are the basic lifestyle practices, like just basic life that we can do to help improve our life. Living your best life. How's your sleep look? We've talked Good. about everything else. It's like a rock. Like <laughs> How many hours? Good. Depending on the day, like it's tricky when I'm here in the morning. I usually only get like seven, but for the most part, like I get a good like eight to ten hours. Is the sweet really? spot eight, yeah, seven to nine, yeah. Seven to nine. I mean, if you're if you're if you're talking about like high level athletes, 
I don't know if you listen to, you know, like Matt Frazier or any of those like really high level CrossFit athletes, even LeBron James, like they talk about sleeping like over 10 hours a night and they sleep in like hyperbaric chambers. And like, <laughs> but you got to think about their body is, is their life and there's their livelihood, you know? So yeah. being able to sleep and recover and be able to do the amount of work that they do is super important. And if you don't get that, like I don't get that. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, how much do you get? <laughs> it depends. It depends. Oh. So I really shoot, for, I really strive to get seven. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to go to bed by 9.15 to get seven minimum. Yeah. So that's the challenge to do that on a, on a regular basis because I just have, I wear a lot of hats and different things that I have to do throughout the day. But if I can, if I can consistently, I know the difference if I go to bed at 10.15 versus 9.15 mm-hmm. in, every, in every aspect of my day. You know, I think Tori and I, we were here trying to film something. We were trying to record something and I just could not. Usually I'm pretty good one one or two <laughs> takes with something. And that one we must have tried 10 times. I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm done. I just can't <laughs> do this today. And that was a day that I think I got only like five or six hours of sleep like for three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And my, my brain just was not functioning at yeah. all. And I think that was for me after that day, that was like my real turning point where I was like, hey, I need to really... Like, I don't care if I have work to do. I'll do it in the morning or I'll, do, I'll find a time the, the next day to do it. But just getting the minimum amount of work done I need for the next day and not mm-hmm. staying up until 10 or 11 o'clock to, to get it done because I, I need to be mentally, have some mental clarity to be able to actually get the work done the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I'm not sleeping, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about naps? What about naps? Do you ever take naps? I don't, but I I hear that they're very good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't take on. naps either. I can't physically; my body doesn't like it. Won't fall asleep during the day. If well, because you would take a nap to you was supposed to take a nap like when you come here, like that would be your nap. Three, time-ish. yeah, right. We are if you if you listen to, if you read the book or listen to the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, he talks about that we are I forget the word for it, but we we're supposed to sleep twice a day. We have that natural dip in our day, which is around two to four o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're supposed to sleep again. And then we're supposed to wake up and then do our, our so we have these dips in our cycles and, and that's when we are supposed to, we are, we are tr- supposed to theoretically sleep twice a day, but for the majority of us, because of when our days are right, that's just doesn't happen. When yeah. I used to, when I used to work in Brooklyn and I used to get out of school at like two thirty, and I used to have to drive an hour to go coach football at a different school. Like I would almost be falling asleep every mm-hmm. time in the car because we'd be sitting and standing like bumper to bumper traffic. Right. And you're just sitting in a car in traffic. And I'd just be like, be dozing off like left and right. Because yeah. you're just, <laughs> just sitting there. But you're yeah. just sitting there in traffic, not doing anything. I'm sitting in a car listening to music or a podcast or something like that. And there's oh. nothing happening. I'm yeah. just like, this is so boring. And I was like two or 30 and I would just have that dip. So I would, uh, again, I would have long days. I'd be there early and then have to be there for another four hours at practice before I have another hour drive home after that. So you just have those natural dips that happen. And part of that also is like, we can regulate that by our diet, our sleep patterns, our exercise patterns and so on and so forth. So if we exercise, like if Sam, who was just talking about, she exercises around one o'clock and then she eats, like she doesn't have that natural dip at three o'clock because all of her stuff is super high. She just exercised. Exercise gives you energy. She just ate her body's digesting all that kind of stuff. So she's on a higher level of energy than she would be, let's say, if she exercised at 9 a.m., and then she might have that dip round two or mm-hmm. three. So just things to think about yep. in terms of napping. But like I said, not the majority of us don't have, like, an hour free from 2 to 4 o'clock. If you have kids, like I'm picking kids up from school. You know, if you're working, you might be going to work. Or if you're at work, you're at that, like, weird lull after lunch before you get to leave. Like, I think I would love, like, to see productivity 
of people and desk jobs and like offices. Yes, yeah. From like two to five. Mm-hmm. I would think they're probably the least productive from two to five o'clock. You know, they're getting ready to leave. They just got done with lunch. They get that natural dip. Just, it's probably a nightmare in an office at that time. Don't people say that like taking naps will make you more tired when you wake up? Well, the idea the well, timing, the time of it too. Like you don't want to take an hour and a half nap. You know, you know, it's like a. And it can't be a sporadic thing either. Like you, if you're gonna take a nap, you should just like you should just like your sleep patterns. They should be the same every night. Like you should go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. If you're gonna take a nap, you should take a nap at the same time every day. It shouldn't be like, hey, I'm gonna take a nap today and then never take a nap again. You might wake up lethargic. But if you took a nap every day from two to two forty-five, then you'd be it did re-energize you for the rest of your day. And with that too, like that kind of is related to like intermittent fasting with like the same windows. Like you want to pick a time to like get your body used to getting food at this time, processing food, and that kind of yeah. Because your body's adaptable, right? Like so mm-hmm. you know if you don't exercise, and your body's like feels weird. It's like hey, I should have been exercising right now. Or, hey. Like, I didn't eat yet. I should have eaten already. Like, if you normally eat at 9 a.m. and you don't eat, your body's like, what's going on? Yeah, like like I need food. And the same thing, like what Sam was saying, with sleep. So your body starts regulating and adjusting and adapting. It's like, oh, I should be sleeping right now. I'm going to dip my levels to, you know, get my, my, my rhythm down. We'll go to sleep. My melatonin is going to kick in, and I'm going to go to sleep. That's what they take me all the time. They make them so crazy. I've never taken it before. I've t- I, I took a little either. bit. It didn't help. I've taken Benadryl. I got high on Benadryl. <laughs> Just wipe you <laughs> right out. I was sipping on some scissor. People Best do that though. Like I do know. I do. People take like NyQuil though, like every night. That must suck. Like it. I don't need help falling asleep. But staying asleep. Do you stay asleep? Yeah. I mean, knock on wood though. Oh. I so I was actually do. having trouble. I think I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I was having trouble staying asleep. I'd wake up probably two to four times a night, and I already have limited sleep. So that's when I we, we had talked, and I started doing like magnesium and vitamin. Oh, I was like, yes, yes. I didn't take any supplements mm-hmm. ever, and then I started doing more research on like magnesium and vitamin D, and I, I take vitamin D, zinc. I, I, I sent Sam a picture of my my drugs yeah. the other day, <laughs> my handful of drugs. But it's like it's vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, magnesium, zinc and K2. So those are the ones that I'm taking right now. And my sleep is, I have much sounder sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found overall that my energy levels are good and everything feels good. So yeah, I, I just continue to do it because now I'm sleeping more soundly. I'm not waking up throughout the night. And yeah, they've been good so far. As you get older, doesn't sleep become harder? Like falling asleep and staying asleep? Isn't that something with age too, I've heard or no? We well, don't need as much. That's kind of what, I mean, it all, I think it all relates to, again, like your level of physical activity. So if we think about a traditional elderly person versus like, you know, somebody who's doing some vigorous activity, like if you're young, right, old young kids, like my kids sleep like 10 to 11 hours a night, but they're developing, they're growing, they're, things are changing every day. And then as you get to high school, like it's still long, you still should get a lot because you're still developing. And then when you're in your 20s, it starts to go down even more. And then, you know, it goes down a little bit each kind of like decade, so to speak, because you're not, the, the internal stuff isn't still there anymore. But if you are still challenging your body through exercise and different physical activities, if you're going hiking for 12 miles, you're going to need sleep. But if you're doing very minimal activity, then you're not going to need as much. Just like you're not going to need as much carbs or different things like that because you're not using them. Okay. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Any other things? We we kept going. We we ended up having like another fifteen minutes. I think we should do us three all the time. Now that Sam's yeah, this is fun. Oh, finally, Sam was scared. <laughs> Sam was scared I was earlier. Scared. Yeah. Sweaty palms. Yeah, she's leaking from her hands on the floor all over. It happens all the time. <laughs> like it's just she actually had to no chalk up. What, she chalked up to touch the microphone <laughs> <laughs> so she could move the microphone yeah. back and forth so it didn't slide on him. All right. <laughs> so that's all we got. I don't even know what time we're at. We look like we're at a little over 40 minutes. Uh, so that's pretty good for us. Um, again, this is episode 20, finishing off on the Prime Podcast. And if you're looking, if you're interested to find Sam on Instagram, what is it? At Sammy Getman? Yeah. At Sammy. <laughs> she's like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, at Sammy Getman. You got at Tori Rizzucci. Yeah. You can't spell it, so just try. I can spell it. Not you, I oh. mean other people. And I'm, <laughs> I don't have my whole first name in there. Mine's just at A Mercurio, but you can't spell that either. <laughs> Sam's is the easiest one to spell. So you'll all find her and yeah. follow her. Yeah. Right? And we just found out she has some Viking lineage. So I do. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Uh, she just told me like the other day. Yeah, we got, um, my sister took the DNA test. Oh, yeah. So. Then your Halloween costume from the I know, made sense. Yeah. Right? I'll add it up. She's a daughter. A daughter. <laughs> Somebody's daughter. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all we got for this episode. Um, stay tuned for another one. And if you have any suggestions or ideas for guests in the future or topics, uh, shoot us an email or let it leave us a comment in our channels, whether that's Apple or Spotify or on Instagram. You can find our gym at, at Prime movement without any vowels <laughs> mv <laughs> mv m n t right so mv m n t and all the things on instagram all the things on our website we also have prime connect so if you're interested in getting some training directly to your phone whether you have access to a gym or you're doing stuff from home we have an online training program that's there to help with an outstanding trainer who's helping that out from California, Alec Lacey, who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He's helping write those programs. He's also a doctor of physical therapy. So there's some rehabby, great rehabby type stuff in there as well. But yeah, that's all the things that we have from Prime and from us here in the studio. And we'll hear you, talk to you, listen to you <laughs> next time. Have a great day. <laughs>